everyone. My name is Paige, and we're here for another episode of Talk It Out. And today I'm here with Sophia. Hello. And Kelly. Hi. And Kelly, you have studied abroad. Where did you go? I studied abroad in Valparaíso, Chile for five months, five and a half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what was your study abroad experience like in terms of, like, where you lived, um, what classes did you take, did you have any extra, like, excursions or experiences, like internships, things like that? Sure. So my program was a little different because it was through another school in the United States um, called Middlebury University, and they have a lot of study abroad programs. So I went through that university, um, and they offer a lot of universities throughout Chile, and so I sort of picked the one that I felt fit me the best, which was um, PUCV in Valparaiso. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, this program is also a little unique because you don't pick your classes ahead of time like most um, people here do. Okay. So you wait until you get there, and they have about a week where you can try out different classes and things um, and see which ones you like, which ones um, you have to email your study abroad office back home and see which ones will fit your requ- requirements. So you have kind of a lot of like logistic things to do mm-hmm. right when you get there. Um, But, so I ended up taking three classes, and I had an internship for credit as well. Hmm. Um, So my classes were two history classes, or a history class um, for Spanish credit, a history class that was an art class, um, and then a theology class, which covered another core, and then the internship was just for general credit. Um, And then the internship was with um, an organization called CESFAM, which is a primary mm. care clinic in Valparaiso. Okay. Um, and so called Marcelo Mena was my site. And so I went there um, 10 hours a week was sort of the the marker, but I kind of edged towards 15 because I liked it so much. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah. And so what I did there was um, help out with the nurses, mostly just observe and kind of see what they said. Um, the clinic in ch- clinics in Chile are set up differently than here. So I sort of observed mm-hmm. the way that their structure is set up observe the doctors and all of their different appointments. They do a lot of house, house visits there. So then oh, I would go cool. with the nurses and doctors to people's houses um, that were very ill and can't leave. Valparaiso is not like mobile friendly at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can be very hard to get around for older people or people who are very ill. Also, every child in Chile has the right for social workers and doctors to go to their house and kind of make sure it's a safe environment for them, um, and the parents get advice. So I kind of worked with all that, and then I also worked with social workers that work in the clinic to help develop health education programs, and that, I'd say, sort of my final project for credit through that as well. Um, Very cool. Yeah, and then the program itself, in terms of excursions and things like that, Middlebury did offer... um, one big excursion every semester for all the students in all of the schools across the country. Um, well, I think it was split up into two, but so there's about 10 of us, 10 to 15 of us going on these trips, um, on this one trip. And we went to um, Patagonia in the very south of Chile, we went to Torres del Paine, um, which was beautiful. And, and they kind of change it every year, which one we go to, but they did offer that excursion for us. Cool. So it sounds like that aspect of your study abroad um, trip was super, like, impact, impactful mm-hmm. and influential in your life, and I just wanted to know what, how you think it impacted you, and how, like, the skills you learned, or the values you learned, and how you've kind of learned from that and applied it to your life back in the States. Through the internship you mean, or in general, the you experience? You can talk about the internship, or, or just your experience if you'd like to. Yeah, I think, um, 
I learned, one of the biggest things I learned was uh, my program also was an immersion program. So we had to sign a contract when we got there that we would only speak in Spanish the whole time. Mm -hmm. um, in my host family as well. I looked at the host family. Um, mm. They only spoke Spanish. They didn't really speak any English. Um, and so, and they also knew about the pact. So they kind of made me speak <laughs> in, in Spanish as well. Um, and so um, I, it was very challenging to always be in a language that's not your own and to always be in a culture that's not your own. You're sort of perpetually outside of your comfort zone. And that was difficult for me at first, but I think you kind of really learn to just let things go and to realize that you're going to make mistakes a lot, all the time even. <laughs> and that's okay. And people are understanding. And even when you make mistakes or you get lost or you say the wrong thing or people don't understand what you're saying, like life moves on and then you can kind of laugh it off and um, that doesn't make your experience any less valuable. And so I think I really became very flexible in my experience and really adaptable to my surroundings and kind of learned how to adapt to a world that was outside of my own. Um, and that same, it also applies to the clinic as well. Being in their healthcare system was mm -hmm. very different, but I just sort of went in with a very open mind, hoping to learn as much as I can um, and not looking to really put myself in those situations just to sort of let myself be influenced by that um and I think that really made my experience one that was able to impact me and teach me how to be flexible and kind of go with the flow mm -hmm. super cool yeah <laughs> what was your relationship like with your host family I loved my host family yeah. um I yeah I was very lucky I had um, my host parents were both very kind. Um, my host mother was actually a social worker in a government-run group that, like, advocated for women. Okay. Um, and, like, women's health or women's rights in general. Mm -hmm. um, so she was very well-educated, really active um, politically in sort of the in the country. And so she taught me a lot about women's issues in the country and the political structure. Um, mm -hmm. And she was also just very mothering. I got sick, and she took care of me, you know. Oh, and yeah. they gave me advice and things, and that's really... Um, you kind of need that when you feel like you're so far from home to have someone that can like kind of take care of you a little. Mm -hmm. Um, and my host dad, I especially sort of connected with, um, he was just the most kind, sweet man ever. And mm -hmm. he, um, especially taught me a lot about the culture of Chile because he was really mm -hmm. involved in, um, the resistance during the dictatorship, which was when he was, was younger. Mm -hmm. And so he now is involved in sort of remembrances for those who are lost and remembering the culture and the resistance and sort of that sort of thing. And so he taught me a lot about those and brought me to events that he coordinated with his friends. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah, he was a professor as well for education. So he kind of taught me about their educational structure. So they were really kind to me and, um, really made it feel like home. And then I also had a host brother as well, okay. who was my own age or a year older than me. So he kind of helped with more of like the younger people things, like keeping <laughs> yeah. me, teaching me the ropes sort of, and like how to even sign up for classes and like what university is like, because their system's really different. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we had a puppy who like came the Aww. same week as me. So I, I was able to kind of grow with him in the house and then a cat as well. So it was very homey and I was really lucky to have them for support during my experience. That's awesome. Yeah. Were your friends abroad other international students, or were they native to Chile? Um, mostly native to Chile. Okay. They We did, especially towards the end, I kind of got to know other exchange students well, and I connected with them, mm -hmm. um, too. But because we were all at different schools, the, there was only mm -hmm. one other, two other girls who were in the same classes as me mm -hmm. who were international, um, through, who were in my program. And so I got to know them very well mm -hmm. um, and was close with them but 
other than that, my friends are pretty much all Chilean. And I sort of went into the process hoping to make Chilean friends. Um, mm-hmm. And I knew that that was going to be how I learned Spanish and how I kind of adapted to the culture and how I was going to sort of embrace it. Um, and people were very nice and opening. I sort of just, when you got there, kind of have to be brave and mm-hmm. talk to people. And people were really interested in talking to you because you're not from here. And it's <laughs> yeah. exciting. Like, people want to know, like, your perspective. And they think it's hilarious when you, like, can't say things right. And <laughs> yeah. you're sort of there for, like, entertainment. But then you can really get to know them. And they were really helpful with my classes and kind of getting through that. But also we just were able to hang out on the weekends and they showed me places and kind of taught me all those little cultural things and slang and mm-hmm. um yeah that was definitely one of my favorite parts was just getting to know them and making new friends we had talked about previously how it can be more difficult to make friends with um people the host countries mm-hmm. natives sorry i'm struggling with words yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um do you have any tips besides just being kind of bold and more brave and um because i think a lot of students go in there with the intention of i want to make friends with people mm-hmm. from the host country but then kind of find themselves going with the more familiar route and That's sticking actual. with mm-hmm. study abroad students. Is hard, yeah definitely and it is hard sometimes too because they are already all friends, mm-hmm. you know. I, yeah. I took mostly second-year classes, so they okay. had already had a year or so of them being together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sort of... Um, basically, my plan, which worked very well, is to just... Um, this is sort. This is a reference from New Girl, if anyone <laughs> has ever New listened Girl. to this TV show. But there's an episode where they talk about Bidening, which is this technique where to get someone to like you, and that, it was a romantic context in the show, uh-huh. but to get someone to like you you just are always there. And so, like, wherever they are, you just, like, happen to be there. And then they sort of just, like, associate you and get used to you being around. Uh And that was basically my technique, was just to kind of always be there. So, like, the students would get done with class and everyone... This... It worked well with, like, the culture that I was in as well. Mm -hmm. But after class, everyone would just go hang out on this patio that was outside of our classes Mm -hmm. and just hang out and, like, smoke. Everyone smokes there. And, um, like, talk about their homework or just, like, chat or, like, play music or do whatever... Um, and I just kind of hung out there, and if no one talks to you, no one talks to you. You just kind of hover. You just hover. And then eventually people just get used to you being there, and then people will ask you questions and engage to you, and then people will notice when you're gone, and, like, the next thing you know, you're sort of, like, integrated. And, like, if you're there, then people will be like, oh, we're all going to the bars on Friday to watch, like, the soccer game or football game. Do you mm-hmm. want to come with us? And then that's sort of how I... That was a really awesome Yeah, thing. you just kind of just be there. And then you kind of have to be willing to be uncomfortable, too. Like, if yeah. people, maybe people aren't talking to you or like some people speak in a lot of slang in other countries Mm -hmm. so if you might have no idea what anyone is talking about (laughs) around you and you're just sitting there in this like completely unknown world but at least you're there Mm -hmm. and that's always progress I think that's a really good tip yeah it worked super well for me so highly recommend (laughs) so how did you work on your Spanish, just trial and error? Um, yes. I, yeah, it was sort of just, part of it was the immersion that was really helpful because there wasn't really any people around me who spoke English. Um, a couple of the other students did, but I kind of told them, like, you know, I'd rather speak in Spanish, and they were really understanding, and, um, you just kind of have to keep at it, and especially I focused a lot 
which maybe isn't that helpful now. I focused a lot on learning the slang because mm-hmm. Chileans use a lot of slang. So to even communicate with people my own age, I had to like learn a whole new language kind of. Mm-hmm. So I was, uh, my host family actually got me like this book that was like a book of Chilean slang. So Aww. I'd like use it and talk to people and really it's just practice mm-hmm. um, over and over again. And then also my program did offer like a writing class that we went like once a week and kind of went over things and we had a tutor that we went with met with a couple times to kind of help us with the technical things of the language Mm -hmm. um but really just practicing and then listening too you gain so much from hearing people speak and the cadence of the way they talk and the way they use their words you can kind of like get some intuition about how the language flows so even if you're not doing things exactly right you're kind of in the right direction and saying things in kind of the right way Mm -hmm. um and that helped a lot too is just listening and being constantly surrounded by it, even if you're not communicating. Mm -hmm. And have you been able to use some of that Spanish now that you're back at St. Norbert? Yeah, right now I'm in a Spanish class, so that helps. Although I have realized that it's not the same as (laughs) when I was there, because of course when you're in it all the time, after about two months I started really thinking in Spanish, and Mm -hmm. I didn't need to translate in when people talk to to me and things. Mm -hmm. Um, It came very easily. But now, not so much. I have to kind of do a little more work. Okay. Um, so, but I'm still taking classes, so that helps. And I do keep in contact with some of my friends there. Oh, that's cool. Um, so that helps a little, too, in keeping with some of the, the practicing and, and things. And mm-hmm. also, I've been meaning to do this, and I sort of do, but reading in Spanish or, like, mm-hmm. listening to shows and, like, keeping up with that as well is mm-hmm. also really helpful. Um, once you get some free time, you're not in the middle of your semester. Wait, you don't have a lot yeah. of free time in college? Yeah. <laughs> One day, perhaps. Yeah. I, I was going to ask, did you ever dream in Spanish? Because I've heard some people have that experience. Yeah, I had a lot of dreams where I would speak in both, it was like in both oh, languages. Okay. Like people from home would be in my dream and mm. they would speak in English, but mm-hmm. then people that I knew who spoke Spanish would be in my dreams and then they would speak Spanish. So mm-hmm. it's just sort of like... That's awesome. Fluid, you know, it's kind of both. Yeah, but I did have dreams where I was, I was in Spanish. That's cool. Sophia, did you have any experience like that with language? I had, language? like, one dream. <laughs> and I could not recall what they said. Mm-hmm. It might have actually been gibberish in my head. I swear they were speaking Spanish to me. Yeah, every once in a while I'll still have a dream in Spanish. Really? If, yeah. Hmm. Uh, like, if I have a dream about someone from Chile or I've had several dreams where I've been back in Chile really um yeah and then they're usually in Spanish too so that's sort of yeah that's (laughs) a bittersweet (laughs) yeah 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 I do miss it a lot because Valparaiso is uh, a beautiful city and I enjoyed it a lot Mm -hmm. do you think you know it's like it's been about like a year now like Mm -hmm. a year anniversary (laughs) we've all left and like studied abroad um do you think that it's harder now or when you like initially came back like that shock Mm -hmm. of coming back um and the difference between our culture and like that culture I think it got a little easier over time it was sort of hard to get back because I had really there are a couple reasons when I was abroad I really had sort of developed this new life for myself I had Mm -hmm. friends that were Chilean and I had a family and I had a job sort of with my internship um and just like this existence Mm -hmm. and when I left it was like I'm going back to this whole other life you know Mm -hmm. um and I really liked the person who I was in my this other life like when I was in Chile and I 
thought that it would be easier to continue being that person back in the United States. Mm -hmm. Um, And it really wasn't. And I kind of struggled with that and with how do I adapt the things that I gained um, or like what I learned about myself and what I liked about myself when I was abroad to my life here um, Mm -hmm. in a way that's, you know, productive. And that was a really difficult transition in the beginning, I think, learning how to navigate that. I think I've sort of gotten, I think over time I've sort of adjusted a little more and gotten more used to the idea of not being there um, because it was really hard to leave and to leave all those friends and things. Um, And there are still moments when I'm sort of nostalgic for it or miss it. But Mm -hmm. um, I think there are sometimes, there are are points in your life where you're meant to be Mm -hmm. in one place and then you're meant to be somewhere else. And so I think I really appreciated the time that I have there and I associate it with a great amount of joy but then when it was time to leave it was just time to leave and then you kind of have to learn to accept that and move on to the next thing with like an equal amount of joy mm-hmm. that was beautiful <laughs> that was yeah. beautiful i've <laughs> reflected a lot about this <laughs> working through things yeah <laughs> for sure well that's what coming back is all about yeah <laughs> definitely kind of learning how to adapt these things to your life here and of course without sounding like you're obsessed with your like, <laughs> because I always want to talk about Chile yeah. and everything to do with it because I think it's an amazing place but uh, not everyone always wants to hear about it all the time so. <laughs> I think that was that's really important for when you come back from studying abroad is finding a community of other people who have studied abroad mm-hmm. because you're both you both understand the experience and what it's like to go and what it's like to come back and how it feels and you can kind of confide in one, like, in one another Mm-hmm. about that, like, experience that you can't really do with people who haven't done that. Mm-hmm. So I think that community is really important. Definitely. And I was lucky where all my roommates and I, we'd all studied abroad and then all came back to live together for that semester, so we had mm-hmm. all were kind of going through this transition, um, and I think that was really helpful for us to have that support. That's awesome. I definitely yeah. agree. And getting to reflect with each other, like, you just mm-hmm. learn more from other people's experiences and then be able to apply that to yourself and you realize more about mm-hmm. what you experienced. Exactly. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your stories, Kelly. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>